Hello and welcome to the Conscious Diva podcast. Joining me today is professional astrologer, psychic medium and healer, Rachel Lang. We are going to talk about so many fun aspects around astrology, mysticism, magic and Rachel's new book, Modern Day Magic, Eight Simple Rules to Realize Your Power and Shape Your Life. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, let's just start you know, get into it. I, I love talking about transformation. I think it's a really important topic. And there's so much magic around transformation. So just what, let's start with what does transformation mean to you? Well, it, it means change, but it means change on a soul level. It's like an inner process that we go through that then ripples out into all areas of our lives, into our relationships. And what's really cool is that anytime we are transforming anything within ourselves, you know, I like to think of it in terms of like composting, like we compost some of the pain and some of the difficult experiences we mm -hmm. have, and then we turn them into resilience, into hope, into, into to, to something other than they are. We shift consciousness. And anytime we do that for ourselves within our own personal lives, that ripples out into the world. Yeah. It changes, it changes the whole consciousness of the planet. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like an alchemy that takes place. Yeah, yeah. Your book is, which I have here, thank you for sending it. And <laughs> it's awesome, but it, it really is a, a transformative manual. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's, a, it's modern day magic, but it's modern, it's ways to, well, my, my interpretation of it, and I read the whole book and I really loved it. And I, and I, I, I know we don't have, I'm not going to talk about the entire book because we want people to buy the book. <laughs> so I just right, right. marked a couple of little key, key things here. Um, uh -huh. it, really, it's, it is a work of transformation for people. So if you're looking to the really dive deep in, within ourselves, within yourself, this is a really good place to start, especially if I think someone's really been, we're all seekers, but I think if someone's really been seeking and asking a lot of questions and not sure where to go, or they've come from a place of religion growing up and in, in, you know, different types of environments that have formed opinions, this is a really great place to, to pick up, you know, and start. And, and you've, you've offered so many great tools. So tell me, what are the eight simple rules and why eight? Like why not five or 10 or 20? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question, Tatiana. Well, they, I think, you know, the, the, the rules just, let me start with talking about the process of how I wrote it. I mean, it was really sort of channeled through, I had this, this, uh, this intuition to start a magic journal. And so I, it, it all just happened. And as soon as I started writing the first day I, I wrote, um, I, I date everything because I'm an astrologer. And it was April of 2018. And I wrote, I think I'm going to start a magic journal. And then I wrote, I don't think I'll actually, I don't trust myself to actually stick with this because I'm kind of famous for starting something and then like getting busy and life taking me in new directions. And then suddenly it was as if something overtook me and in a different handwriting on the page, I wrote, found myself writing magic rule number one trust yourself. And so it, and then, then the whole, the, basically the concepts for the first chapter just sort of poured out of that journaling session. And so I would go, uh, I would go to Joshua tree and that's, that's like my spiritual home. I love Joshua tree. 
And I would write for like a weekend at a time, spending all this time working with concepts, working with magic really intensely. And these, these magic rules just sort of emerged from that. And um, I like the number eight. The number eight in numerology is a good number. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, so, and so it just kind of made sense that these were the rules that came to me and these were the ones that made it into the book. Yeah, cool. And, and the number eight looks like an infinity symbol. Yeah. A yeah, vertical yeah. one, right? Yeah, which I always found really magical in itself because there's a mm -hmm. flow, an energetic flow that just like a, a cyclical thing almost to it. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Your, your story, you've been a spiritualist like, your whole life. And what does, so, so let's explain what is spiritualism. Um, some people may have heard of Madame Lavatsky, uh, and, but may not actually know what spiritualism is because people think of it as a religion and other people don't. Other people think of it as something that's got to do with the Theosophical Society. So I'd just love for you to expand mm -hmm. on, you know, what is spiritualism? Why is it important? And how does it relate to magic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a great question. So spiritualism is a religion. So it's a belief, uh, it's a religion that's based on the idea that we can have communication with those who've crossed over into the other side. So those who are spirits, our loved ones in spirits. Um, and I was trained in the spiritualist movement. That's how I learned my uh, psychic mediumship. And the spiritualist uh, community where I was trained was really also interested. I mean, they, they taught me a lot about esoteric sciences. So a lot about magic, hermeticism, um, and that's where I learned astrology as well, where I first started developing all of my gifts and all of the knowledge that I work with today. And this was probably like 25 years ago. Um, and uh, spiritualism, it's interesting because you wouldn't naturally link spiritualism and magic. Um, mm. Although when the spiritualist movement was, was starting in the 1800s, there was a lot of there. There was a lot of um, there was a similar transit that's going on now, which is Neptune in Pisces. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a relationship between spiritualism and magic, um, but but the spiritualism was started uh, really by 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 the Fox sisters, um, and the people who gravitated toward it were people who were really interested who were free thinkers, who were Quakers, who were looking at, um, at ways to develop their own spiritual understanding and spiritual gifts outside of the context of a religion that was connected to uh, colonism, that was connected to, I mean, a lot of the spiritualists of the 1800s were abolitionists, were suffragettes, were women who mm -hmm. wanted more expression of their spiritual power. Um, and so there's a relationship between, between magic and spir spiritualism in terms of movements that were happening socially. Um, but magic itself is not a religion. It can be practiced by anyone, regardless of your belief system. Um, I know some Christians who are really, really magical. I know some Muslims who are magical, um, Buddhists. You know, it's, 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 a, it's an open opportunity spiritual practice mm, that's a really awesome definition and I think because you have a background in theology which 
when I was first introduced to you, I actually thought that was really amazing because you practice, because you practice magic and you're a mystic and you're also an astrologer, but to have, I almost feel like it's important to have these foundational understandings because it, I've always felt there's a lot of crossover with, um, so it's interesting that you just said um, people didn't really connect, you know, magic with, with uh, spiritualism, but I always felt there was definitely a connection there because if you're looking at otherworldly things and mm-hmm. feeling into a lot of the very nature-based practices of honoring and ritual, honoring and ritual come into religion in every religion mm-hmm. around the world there's honoring you know and I think we've just unfortunately you know colonialism has really taken away that magic from the ritual aspect of so many things right you know colonialism was when the when the colonists were starting to move into other countries including the Americas um, they needed a way to 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 justify taking land and <laughs> that's to, such a polite way of saying it <laughs> i know i know i know i i, I i'm control to, uh, <laughs> yeah they needed a way to control people so that they could justify all the horrible things that they were doing and um and so one don't of worry the, i'm not on a major broadcast state net- network yeah. it's okay <laughs> Oh, no one's paying for okay. advertising. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you. My show. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. And you know, my good, background's good, in good. television production. So I, I, it's cool. You can, you can totally go there. It's like, it's important to, you know, to say those things because it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I know I have a Libra Mercury, so I'm always trying to like say things in a, in a, in a gentle way, but yeah. So one of the, one of the, the, so the rhetoric that the colonists used to dehumanize um, indigenous people, and we're talking about you know the, the a lot of the concepts that they that they promoted in slavery too. They 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 accused indigenous people, they accused Africans and slaves and women who owned country who owned land in the country. They accused them of practicing witchcraft or practicing magic, mm. and this was part of rhetoric that was you know they obviously there was a lot of there was a lot that they that they said to um to achieve their end which was attaining land stealing land so when we look at magic it's important for us to realize that the fear of magic the fear of witchcraft uh is all a a colonial mindset. It's all based on something that we're moving away from. And and to balance out the power structures that have been out of balance for so long, I think it's really important that we reclaim it, Mm -hmm. that we don't suppress our spiritual power. Um, And so magic is really a spiritual revolution. And the more we practice it, the more the more we're we're going to find ways to balance those power structures and 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 raise people up who have historically been marginalized. Mm. And there's a and I think that's the reason why people are feeling when I say I think there's a reason the reason is the reason I'm referring to is we're feeling this pull this move within ourselves to really deepen and understand where these things you know wh- where is the seeking energy coming from. 
And, and so I really feel like this, your book again, and we'll come back totally to your book, but I want to just do one more, one more little bit of historical information <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah, please. Yes. And I think that's a, the magical history of astrology because you, you are a really gifted astrologer and this, they do go hand in hand. There was a time when they were considered, you know, partners really in magic and astrology. I think in the Renaissance, right. They really looked at magic and astrology. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, and they do go hand in hand. And that's because of the law of correspondences. Are you, are you familiar with that? You, you, I know. Okay. So, no, tell me. <laughs> so the law of correspondences says that everything corresponds to everything else. So, okay. so, ev so when we practice magic, we really see ourselves as a part of the world. Um, we're not separated from it. We are we are moving energy and working with energy that is connected to the cosmos, that's connected to the planets, that's connected to everything we see in, in our lives. I mean, you can look at your room right now and find an astrological correspondence for just about everything in your space. Wow. And when we start to look at the world in those terms, seeing the symbolic nature of everything then it 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 opens us up to wonder it helps us to be curious about the bird that flies in our path and what does this symbolize for us everything in our lives becomes a divination tool including what's happening in our own bodies so um so yeah so I mean, I can't talk about magic without talking about astrology. And certainly when we're on a really practical level, when we're doing rituals, which is any, any a ritual can be anything in your life that you bring spiritual presence to. It doesn't have to be, you know, setting up a sacred circle on the full moon, although that, that is a good thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it can be cooking dinner. It could be having this conversation. Um, and so any time we're doing ritual for a specific pur purpose, a ceremonial ritual, aligning with the cosmic energies just helps support any work that we're doing. So, um, so yeah, so magical, magic and astrology belong together, they go together. And if you're practicing magic, then it's good to at least know where the moon is at any given time. And it just helps you to feel more connected to, to, the, to the world. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of truth in that for sure. And um, do you do you have an understanding of Vedic astrology as well of, of the Eastern traditions? A little bit, not as you know, not as much as I would like to. Um, I started opening that door when I first started learning about astrology, and I and I realized it was a whole rabbit hole I could go down in terms of yeah. the, in terms of the the you know the sidereal zodiac and in terms of the the calculations so I, I i don't know as much as i would like to yeah that's okay the reason i was asking is because that application of astrology what for sure embraces the magic of the cosmos and really like the fact that people in eastern parts of the world and eastern cultures plan their the you know if they're able to time the birth of their child but they're definitely picking when they should get married when the most auspicious times of the year to open you know new businesses you know in a, in a modern day sense like they really are looking to to get the blessings and the best you know, most desirable outcome we could say 
you know mm. so i know that's why i was asking because all the other things you said about western astrology like i think they it just it's it's true you know we can feel that we can feel the phases of the moon affecting us especially as women we can feel when you know like even the other night um you know with with halloween with um and we're still within the samwin period right that was only a couple of days ago and i actually did pick up your book and i i just put my hand on it and i did my own ritual i prepared some rice and i one of my ancestors was really feeling wanted some whiskey so i poured some whiskey in a glass and i took I took the boiled rice out and i have a spot out in my forest that i have like a coconut shell that i've cracked open and and i so i use that as a bowl and i put the rice in there and i did and then i came back inside and it was just at dusk and the wind was really picking up and it was so you, i could feel that ancestral energy and then i thought i'm just going to see what what your book wants me to do like is there a message and so I I did that and then what was so interesting was amazing because I I read the whole book but you know I stopped after I I didn't do the last maybe eight pages I went to the use magical astrology right at chapter 11 rule number eight and I read all of that which was amazing and I did number uh sorry 12 but then there was I was so I hadn't actually read this page and so I opened the book and it's beyond the threshold ritual oh i thought was so perfect considering the time of the year that it is and then i read the ritual i'm getting goosebumps now and i was like oh my god like it was so powerful to 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 do that and i really felt like and it was by then it was dark and the wind was really insane and i was just like oh my god like i i was really meant to do that and then i was like shout like internally i was sh shouting out yes first and then i was like yes like it really like it was really amazing so um so let let with that let's come and talk about your book cuz there's and i think i shared with you shared this with you um last time we spoke and there's not only is it a book for beginners but there's also a lot of good information for long-time practitioners or maybe people who aren't who maybe are down a different path but pick it up and like oh wow I didn't know that about whatever you know mm -hmm. so I'd love for you to talk about the energy of magic and and let's clarify that this is not about manipulating malevolent forces right. <laughs> naturally like yeah. supernatural <laughs> things but yeah. this is a really amazing tool so how so first explain what's the energy of magic mm -hmm. yeah i describe magic as the prime creative force that's alive in all of us that mm. urges us into relationship with all life um and uh, and so with that understanding, it's like it's within us and it's also outside of us. It's those invisible threads of energy that connect us, that we can tap into when we enter uh, states of consciousness within ourselves where our ego takes a nap. <laughs> mm. and, and so we're, we're flowing with this with this magical energy um and we feel it when we like when you have those kinds of moments when you open up your you know a book and it's and there's something that's exactly speaking to what you have yeah you can feel it when you look outside and the raven fly this this happens to me this is my my sign the raven flies right over over my window or right above my window um you know like we magic magic when you when you live a magical life you ask yourself ooh what does that mean mm. like 
who is that that's flying over? Um, and, and you don't just ignore the incredible, beautiful things that are happening in your life. Yeah. Um, so it's a state of awareness, really. And you're yeah. right. It is not manipulating forces. It is not. I mean, yes, you can use your energy to harm people. You can put a hex on someone. You, but, you know, the thing I, I think about about that, because a lot of people say, isn't magic dark? Mm. Um, you know, the thing I say about that is that anyone who works with energy or works with magic understands energy frequency and the law of attraction. Yeah. These are universal laws. That which you send out comes back to you. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't want to manipulate anyone. We don't want to, I mean, we, we can't, you can, but understand that when you do that, there's a repercussion. I think that's, I always think of that as sorcery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm like, no, that's sorcery. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. People can do that without even realizing that they're doing that um, by, you know, thinking horrible thoughts about it. Like if we look at our, at, at magic as this energy, hmm. then we're practicing it even if we don't realize that we're practicing it. But when we do it consciously, and we do it intentionally, then we shape our lives and mm. we create the lives that we want to create. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important to understand that. And we think we've, um, you know, not that we've lost this idea. It's just, it's people just have forgotten. I mean, I guess that's a version of lost, isn't it really? They've just forgotten um, how the power of word when, 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 there's a whole other conversation we can have around the word abracadabra and where that comes from, right? Mm -hmm. um, with, um, you know, and, and the tree of life and all these amazing uh, yeah. other traditions and, you know, the Kabbalah and stuff. They've, there's some really incredible, ma very magical tradition. I mean, it's, it's uh -huh. amazing. We can have another conversation later about that stuff. Um, but, you know, there's maybe to clarify what the magic dark is because that is actually a positive space to be in, but it doesn't feel like it in the moment when, when we have the magic dark. And I'm bringing that up because you said people sometimes think magic is dark, but there's, that's not the same thing. Yeah, there's a whole chapter in my book all about this and it's embrace your dark side. It's a yeah. magic rule. Um, and yeah, you're, I think you know one of the things that that I like to, to the way that I see the see magic in terms of dark, dark and light is that, you know, we were taught that everything exists in a binary, good and bad, right and wrong, dark and light, male and female. And we're, we're really breaking out of binary con constructs right now. And I think instead of thinking of things as dark, I think of there are forces of creation and there are forces of destruction. And we can look at this in all, in all things, you know, a, a, a fire, a wildfire strikes and, and it destroys, you know, destroys uh, trees for perhaps. And then those trees, the cones open up and release seeds that they can only release under extreme heat and the new life forms. So these, 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 um, these forces of destruction don't feel good. When we're banishing something, when we're ending something, it doesn't feel good. Mm. 
Yeah. And so we, we think of that in terms of this is dark, this is bad, we want to judge things, or we were taught to judge things. But I think when we, when we think about the dark as the untamed force within ourselves, the wildness, the part of us that's in the shadows that we don't always let out, then it becomes a source of power and it becomes a source of life and energy. Yeah. And it can actually fuel our magic. So it's not that we don't want to manipulate people. We don't want to, you know, to, again, you can, but that's going to come back to you. Yeah. Um, and, and I even think that the whole concept of like dark spirits, light spirits, I think we need to recontextualize that too and, and see that everything, everything has a job that it wants to do. Yeah. And if we can understand what job does this, does this event in my life want to have to fulfill? What, what job does this force want to fulfill? Then we can start relating with the challenges in our lives, with the spiritual like maybe there's a ghost in your house or something like that, you can start relating instead of being in, a, in fear. Because once we're in fear, then we lose the ability to relate and we shut down um, our intuition and our ability to really discern um, what's happening in our lives. Well, and, and that's a good point, you know, and, and people might be wondering, why would I want to, you know, try to communicate with a ghost in my house, wouldn't I want to clear it or remove it? And actually maybe it's trapped and it's trying to reach out to you because it realizes you have an ability you haven't tapped into within yourself to help it go back to the light and be released and heal. And it, it's actually trying to get your attention in, in a good case scenario. Sometimes they're not always yeah. friendly. And in that case, some other action needs to take place. But if they're trying to get your attention, there's a reason for that. And try yeah. to like learn to tune in instead of, as you say, become afraid. Right? Yeah. And sometimes it's there to teach you to exercise boundaries and to mm. say, no, go away. Um, yeah, but I think once we lose that sense of creativity and curiosity, then, then yeah, the world becomes kind of a scary place. Yeah. Um, if to our little inner children. Well, and then on, on a similar point, you know, talk about the importance of protection because I, you know, I've often spoken to people who are very open and they, but they were never taught the tools of protection. I love that you have, you talk about that in your book and just explain why is it important to protect ourselves and how can we do, do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so magic rule number three is attention is power. And anything we're dedicating our attention to is we're feeding with our magical, with our magical resource. And so I talk about protection in terms of creating a sacred space that's free from free from distraction, whatever that looks like. Um, and there are lots of ways that you can do this. Um, and I outline a few of those in my book, but I think that the more we are in our bodies, um, in our power, mm. the more we fill ourselves with our spirits. And I'm like actually feeling this right now, like embody ourselves, the more we are protected. I, I like to think of it in terms of like a cup. If your cup is full, nothing else can enter it. And often we get, when we get depleted, when we get stressed, when we're in challenging relationship dynamics, our cup empties and then we can be open to distraction. Um, so, uh, so one simple way to do that, just as a tool or as an exercise 
is to, uh, to, to draw your awareness into your heart, to imagine that there's a great big glowing light at your heart, mm. to let that light radiate all throughout your aura and extend it out. Um, and sometimes I also just tap on my, the crown chakra and just download energy. And so I'll, I'll say like, I'm downloading more energy. And that's another way that we can fill ourselves up so that we're not open to distraction. <laughs> I like that one because you could do it anywhere, right? You can yeah. kind of just be in your car or walking down the street, walking your dog. You don't have to close your eyes or, or really sit. You can kind of just reground like that. It's really simple. Yep. <laughs> Tapping yep, in the totally. head. Yeah, that's cool. And so, and how, what about teaching? Really, your whole book is about teaching people how to trust themselves. And I feel like the biggest difference between, well, actually, I'll have you talk about it. Um, what's the difference between believing or belief and trust? Mm -hmm. Such a great question. Um, so belief, I think of a belief, and I can't remember where I heard this, but I'm, uh, this is not my original idea. Um, belief is a group of thoughts that you've been thinking over and over and over again. So, um, so, so it's, it's almost as if it's something outside of yourself that you've owned, um, like a concept that you've owned. Um, and life experience proves it to be true because of the law of attraction. When we trust ourselves, it's about having a deep relationship with our inner knowing yeah. and, and about being aligned, being in integrity, integrated all parts of ourselves. And, and so, you know, all of us have been taught to, to question ourselves. Growing up, you are taught that you're that your teachers are right, that you're, you know, you have to follow certain rules, even if they don't agree with you. And so we learn pretty early on that, um, and, and some people experience this more than others. And we can look at that in terms of, of patriarchy, in terms of white supremacy, um, of privileging other people's ideas and, and thoughts over our own. And and when we work with magic, the more we, uh, the more we know, we, we can lean into our inner knowing, the more we, uh, we have faith in what we're doing. And that's, that's, that's actually just accessing our own power. Um, and, so I, I, and so I think that that is such an important, important piece to working with magic. It's, I mean, it's magic rule number one, trust yeah. yourself. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's also a recurring theme throughout your whole book. It's really whatever the application is, it's about coming back to trust. Because if we don't have that, you know, even just like I told you the other night when I picked up your book, I just felt guided to do that and came mm -hmm. back in. And there was an aspect where I was a bit not scared to pick up the book, but scared because I was like going back into the forest and it was nighttime. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I haven't done that yet. And I, and And there was, so there was this like, oh, but then... I trusted, no, it's the right thing to do. And it's on this eve of the ancestors coming, go and do it. They, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I felt like that was the first time they'd been honored in mm -hmm. my line for a very long time. So I felt something mm -hmm. shifted and I really felt it in my body on my left side, coming up mm -hmm. my left leg, which was really 
um, really powerful actually but um yeah so thank you so much for for your book and what would you like to is there anything else you'd like to share from here because there's so many wonderful things in here let's do astrology because that's that is what you do like you're an astrologer so talk about how the astrology in this book relates to the rest of the book mm -hmm. yeah the astrology so magical astrology is a whole art form it's a whole field and i didn't want to get too complicated with it because people who aren't astrologers don't always, uh, or people who aren't regularly making talismans and practicing ceremonial magic, they they don't like. You're not going to go out and look at what fixed stars are aspecting, what are rising at any particular time. It's actually a really beautiful, beautiful art form. Um, and so I just gave real simple suggestions of how to work with the lunation cycle. So how to to uh, to recognize the full moon, the new moon. Um, also talking about the different planetary days of the week, the different planetary hours. Um, and that, again, that just gives us a sense that we can, that we can, that we are connected to the cosmos and that, and that we are riding these cosmic waves all the time and we can work with them or we can push against them, but it's, it's often much better to, uh, to work with them. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you have all the suggestions of what to do and uh, different herbs to use that correlate uh, or gems, crystals or, you know, um, some different tools like this, but also how, you know, I could perhaps go and, you know, support myself on a different, you know, different day of the week if I wanted to. So no, it was cool. So thank you so much, Rachel. That was really awesome. And this is an amazing book, Modern Day Magic. Eight Simple Rules to Realize Your Power and Shape Your Life. And it's a really sturdy book. It's almost 300 pages and it's, a, you know, the hard cover. It's a really like, it's put together really beautifully with sections in here for writing out your thoughts or, you know, recommended practices that you've given. So it's a really, I think it's an, a, a, a gift and the perfect gift to be sharing. That's my publisher, Hardy Grant. They produce the most beautiful books. They, I mean, the illustrations, like that, that's all my publisher. They are incredible. Oh, it's, I mean, it's stunning. I really love the, 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 uh, well, it's not really sacred geography. It's like geometry, sorry, sacred geometry. They've taken the idea of sacred geometry, but turned, you know, done their own variation of triangle patterns and, you know, circles and squares and stuff. And uh, just really cool. Yes. Yeah, it was really beautiful, especially in the like the daily practice sections. There's um, a lot of really stunning, stunning aspects to the book. So well, well done. For, you know, Thank you. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. I love it. It's great. So if you'd like to learn more about Rachel, uh, buy her book, you can visit her website at rachellangastrologer.com. And that is spelled Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L lang l-a-n-g astrologer.com and you can also find her on instagram at rachel lang astrologer thank you so much rachel tatiana thank you so much it's been great talking to you yeah awesome mm -hmm.